welcome everyone to bonus 64 this is the uh, patreon exclusive show where we are talking about a non-nintendo 64 or wii u related show we're just talking about whatever game our illustrious guest wants to talk about <laughs> and today those guests are Elliot J. O'Neill and B.T. Calloway once again rejoining us, uh, the hosts of The Simpsons Index and the Pulp Fury Radio and Throne of Games and just some of our favorite dudes to record with. How's it going, guys? Doing very well this morning. Thank you for having us again. Yes, flattery will get you everything. <laughs> Absolutely. I will flatter the hell I out of you. I think of you guys as lovers of fun, being <laughs> as the games that we've, we've played previously with you. Yeah, seriously. You're picking some really fun ones for us to play. Uh, my name is Steve Guntley, by the way. I forgot Hi, to introduce I'm, myself. I'm Woody Siskowski. Nice and to meet you guys. Before we, mm-hmm. Yeah, nice to meet you too. The, the, the what? The eighth time we've recorded. Yeah. <laughs> um, be- before we begin, I, you know, it's, it's, been a long, it's been a long time. I think we're all, everyone's feeling a little mentally scrambled. Let's just take a minute. Mm-hmm. Everyone, you know, people I'm recording with, pe- listeners at home, um, everyone close your eyes. Just imagine you're an inert object. You're sitting in your chair. Maybe you're just you. I don't know. But then an unseen force is coming up behind you. You're, you're hungry. You, you, you feel that hunger growing in your little rumbly tummy. <laughs> and an unseen force comes up behind you and knocks you in the back. And you just find yourself getting knocked inch by inch towards the kitchen. <laughs> and knocked into the fridge. And you knock and you get a piece of American craft single cheese. Mm-hmm. And that is knocked into your mouth. And <laughs> then slowly open your eyes and uh, remember uh, that's what the golf that, Every, I, everything is golf. I, yeah. I, I, oh, that, that was a journey, first of all. I went on a real journey. I feel like I was doing like a YouTube yoga video or something. Sure, like, sure. find your center, I, I, I'm, knock I'm, yourself to the cheese. I have practiced yeah, mindfulness talk- now. Yeah. Exactly. Well, I mean, exactly. The, it's like yeah. boiled down to your essence of like, what is our humanity? It's just moving from one place to another. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah. So, and that's really what golf is. You just also you're acting as that force that's causing something else to move. <laughs> and I think that's a lot of what this game has on its mind. Really, yeah, it's, I, I, it's about I, I the bigger, it the larger metaphysical questions <laughs> of the universe. The game, incidentally, we we're talking about is what the golf. What is the golf? That, I think that's the important that's question. What so- Socrates asked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when he, when he, him, him and Plato, when they met, they said, mm-hmm. "What the golf?" Yeah. Even the game often doesn't seem to be sure because most most uh, stages will end with golf. <laughs> <laughs> question mark. Yeah. Golf. Uh, what the golf? This is a uh, a fairly recent game. This was released on September nineteenth, two thousand nineteen. Developed and published by Triband. And it was released on Windows, iOS, and recently on the Nintendo Switch. I think uh, it started on iOS. Like I don't. It think started it, on I iOS. I don't think it was even available on Windows until recently. That's correct. Pretty yeah, sure yeah, it was an Apple Arcade launch title. It yes. was. Yeah, it became kind of the killer app mm-hmm. for the Apple Arcade. Sort of. Uh, unintentionally for anyone involved. Uh, now, is the Apple Arcade, I know it's a subscription service. Oh, well, yeah, but yeah. Can, can you buy this game individually on the App Store, or do you have to sign up for that subscription? You do have to be signed up for Apple Arcade. Okay, but it's only $5 it. a month, right? Yeah, it, it's uh, $5.99 a month, and yeah. you'll get that game plus a whole bunch of other games. So, okay. you know, I think it's That feels it. like a betrayal it. of the zen of what is golf. Mm. <laughs> yeah, right? Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, I wanted to ask you guys, why did you want to talk about this game in particular? Um, well, this one, like, I've just been uh, showing it to friends and in showing it especially to my uh, nephew and niece, just how delighted people get when they start playing it. And especially mm. if you give them no lead yes. in, you just pass them the controller or the <laughs> phone and just go play and just... Yep. 
Steve, Steve did that when Steve first got this game. He did that exact same mm-hmm. thing to me. Mm-hmm. Just handed me the phone and said, play this. <laughs> yeah. And I said, okay. Yeah, I'm just sitting there like, I know golf games. I'm going to swing the putter. I'm just going to, what? Because, <laughs> yeah, first level, standard golf. Second level, okay, I'm the club now. And then the third level, they're hysterically laughing because they've just knocked the person into the tee. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Yes. I mean, it, it is one of those games you just kind of want to break out. Like I was saying, anytime I was at dinner with somebody and like we just had a down moment, I would just take out my phone and just be like, here, here, play around with this. <laughs> because it's it's an incredibly it's incredibly intuitive setup. Mm. You know, it's like you if you understand you understand at a glance what you need to be doing here. But the way that the game is constantly like messing with your expectations and uh, uh, surprising you. Uh, it, it's just endlessly fun, uh, endlessly delightful to see all these little goofy variants on a very simple premise. I think that this game sort of, to me, feels like a hybrid between um, WarioWare. Like yeah. It has a similar, like, just random mm. aesthetic, very brief bursts of a uh, game that's in WarioWare, where, like, the you know, it's not necessarily, a lot of these levels are not really gamified. Your goal is just kind of get to the end, but there's no score or anything. Um, but it's just the delight of seeing what's going to happen next and kind of an aesthetic of uh, Katamari Damacy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Another thing where the the delight is not necessarily like, I'm going to get really good at this game. You just kind of want to see what happens next. <laughs> and what I've realized about myself, um, and I think it's changed about me and my taste in games of playing them for many years, is a narrative story to a game used to be enough to like keep me interested in what was going on. Mm. But now I find if I don't find the game super engrossing in the way it plays, like the story doesn't keep me going. But what does keep me going is a sense of what crazy junk is going to happen next. Yeah. And this game does a fantastic job of what crazy junk is going to happen next. <laughs> um, yeah, which, which goes a long way for me. Yeah. Now, before we dig too deep into this game a little bit, I want, uh, I'm hoping you guys are going to indulge me a little bit because this is the first time we've had a chance to talk about mobile gaming on this show. Not a lot of, mo- not a lot of N64 games got mobile, mobile ports. <laughs> Shockingly. And the yeah, Patreon really group aren't really voting for their mobile games either. <laughs> you know, it's, it's such a weird thing because this represents such a massive, massive, massive sec- sector of mm. video gaming. But it does tend to get kind of forgotten or like lumped into its own thing and not really thought of. But mm. uh, so I want to go a little bit into the history of some mobile gaming because uh, uh, they do tend to get overlooked. But they are an eighty billion dollar a year industry, and it's like something we should talk mm. about. So the first ever mobile phone that had capacity for gaming it was called the Hagenuk MT two thousand. It was released in nineteen ninety four, and appropriately enough, the very first game ever released on a mobile phone. Tetris. Yeah, that's what I want. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah I would yep. say Tetris. But for most people, the first game experience they had was when they got their Nokia 6110 mm-hmm. in 1997 <laughs> with a little game called Snake. Uh, yeah. uh, we've okay. all played Snake. Yeah. It's it's uh, very simple, very fun, very elegant little design. Snake, you just kind of go around in a square and try not to touch your own tail, right? Exactly. You just get bigger and bigger the more dots you eat, and you just try and, you know, I've seen some really... Have you ever watched GIFs of like people doing insane runs of Snake, no. where you're just like filling the entire screen no, in these very precision? With my time. I cannot believe this. <laughs> I refuse to believe that's true. On level twelve and everything, God. <laughs> uh, so you know, it's it sounds like nothing, but Snake and Tetris 
were kind of enough to inspire the mobile gaming movement. Mm. Cell phones started being developed with more and more gaming capacities because of Snake and Tetris, because people liked these so much. I mean, that would have been an inevitable push. Like, those just happened to be the first games. Yeah. Sort of caught people's fancy, but like just as the power of a phone gets more, people are going to be like, "Hey, we could just play games on this." Yeah, exactly. I mean, and people started as as phones started having more and more capabilities. We started seeing more and more. Uh, one of the big early leaps uh, for a for a dedicated gaming phone was made by our friends at Nokia, the N Gage, uh, <laughs> which was released in the early two thousands. Uh, and that had us all side talking, or that's what they called it, right? Was it side talking or side hacking? Boy, I don't know. I, I, I've you, never seen an N-Gage in real life. They look like, uh, they're they're kind of like the shape of a taco. Okay. And well, I mean, I'm interested. Mm-hmm. So like, all right, Go so uh, for, for, for people at home, hold up your, hold up your mobile phones hold and up play along with this. <laughs> so you know how you normally talk in a phone. You take the phone, you press the screen to your ear, and you talk in that. That's what I've the, heard. Unless you're a huge douchebag and you hold it in front. Oh, yeah, you yeah, walk yeah. around in a public area so everyone can hear your conversation. Yeah. yeah. Uh, really to want us to know about my mom does that. It's yeah. so infuriating. Oh. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry I called your mom a huge douchebag. <laughs> She's a lovely lady, except for that. Except that, in oh, phones. Okay. Yeah. Man, I'm very sorry, Elliot, but your, your mom is a douchebag. <laughs> But the the thing with the Nokia N-Gage, all right, so everyone, I'm assuming everyone at home has their phone to their ear. Now turn that to the side so, like, the volume buttons or the, the lock ah. screen are pressing against your ear. That's how Nokia wanted you to talk into the N-Gage. Mm. They called it side talking okay. because they wanted to put a brand spin on the stupid way they were making you do their phone. I think that was also one of the verses in the Bible of thou shall not side talk. The, yeah. Thou <laughs> shall not. And that's that's why uh, Nokia was smited with frogs when they tried to release yeah, and this. and a very thing. unsuccessful system. Very unsuccessful. Did you guys get the end gauge in Australia? No, but we did get the new New yeah. Testament. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the one the where, Testament. you know, it was all about play snake, but do not touch thy snake. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> that snake will lead you astray. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you know, the N-Gage, super ambitious, and you could play games that were kind of of a caliber with, I would say, like Game Boy Advance which is pretty good for a mm-hmm. mobile phone at that time. Right. But well, the, the problem with... issue, too, yeah. is, like, control pads are always a, been a weird thing. Yeah. Of like, and that's, I imagine, part of the reason the N-Gage was shaped so wonkily is mm-hmm. they're like, how do we make this both a phone and a video game controller? Yeah. And so the buttons were, like, numbers. And the, this had a, the one of the worst design decisions you would ever have. In order to swap out games, you had to open up the back of your phone, remove the battery, no. dig out underneath to get the cartridge out from underneath the battery slot, pop it all back in and reassemble yeah, it. It's so it's kind of like stripping a gun every time you're, <laughs> uh, you play a, a new round of Tony Hawk. You know, I remember or, seeing yeah, a, and plus, a lot of ads for the N-Gage. I don't remember ever seeing anyone own one, and I think you just explained why. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. They they did a redesigned version a couple like months after that, but by then the damage was kind of done, and no one wanted to play the N gauge. <laughs> but either way, it kind of set the template, and it, it made it it uh, was a reaction to the demand for more mobile gaming, which of course would reach a fever pitch in two thousand seven with the release of the iPhone, which allowed you to have I've never heard of this product <laughs> computer computer quality games. On your in your fan on your in your hand. Oh my god, I can't mm-hmm. speak today. 
Uh, it's, right. it's, it's a good like thing I'm doing a podcast. Interrupting right? you constantly or anything. Mm-hmm. I'm used but, to that, though. Sure. <laughs> so, I mean, uh, the App Store kind of became the first big outlet for mobile games. And it's still where 22% of mobile gaming revenue comes from, or roughly $9 billion. Sure. Fuck so the platform has had about 500 games to begin with, but uh, it was open to independent developers. And so this whole little cabin industry of indie game developers sprung up around the uh, Apple Store. And so uh, we hit one of the biggest landmarks in 2009 with the release of Rovio's Angry Birds, which we actually will talk about on the Wii U show. Oh, really? So uh, we've got two. Mm. And actually, we might talk about in What the Golf. We might. Yeah, yeah I think <laughs> it comes up here, too. But we have but, multiple Angry Bird games on the Wii U. Really? Uh, yeah, but Angry I mean, that Birds was... Angry Birds go to college. <laughs> Angry Birds get therapy. <laughs> Angry Birds save their family. Oh, I had no uh, idea of this, because like, if you try and play Angry Birds now, it's just... So bastardized and full of microtransactions and ads for itself, essentially. And, like, mm. the only <laughs> yeah. way that you can play Angry Birds to its truest original form is now the 3DS game. I didn't know there were Wii U games as well. That's exactly right. Yeah, you, I, If you want the real heart of Angry Birds. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Not to be fair, it's a yeah, great it's game. The real anger. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sure. <laughs> you know, look, Ang- Angry Birds was great, but, I, uh, yeah, I was the same way. I tried to download the original game a while ago, just like, oh, I haven't checked in with Angry Birds in a while. And it is, it has just become like everything I hate about mobile gaming, mm. like just all the the little map screens and all the microtransactions and all the ads and all the pop-ups all the time. It, I just, I couldn't play it. Mm-hmm. Um, but within a few years, we had a couple of other major uh, pop cultural phenomenons coming up from the mobile gaming scene, such as Plants vs. Zombies, oh, yeah. Candy Crush, Pokemon Go, even Flappy Bird had its moment in the sun for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, an increasing number of console games like GTA Five, they started using mobile phones to add kind of second screen functionality. Do you remember that for GTA Five? I never played GTA Five. It was this weird thing, like you you got like a little Tamagotchi pitbull sort of thing that you could raise, you and could you send could also him to like rob rob banks, kind of, and you could manage your properties from your phone, like it was mall mall trespassers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was it was an interesting thing, but like uh, I think that kind of paved the way a little bit for the Wii U and for the Switch, this Mm, idea of having to have all these multiple screens tying into everything. Mm. So today, the mobile landscape is dominated primarily by developers from China. So the top-selling mobile game in the world is called Honor of Kings, which I've never heard of. Mm, It's a League of Legends knockoff from uh, Tencent, which is this Chinese development company. And that's grossed $10 billion, and Tencent has become secretly one of the most powerful companies in the world. They own Riot Games outright, the makers of League of Legends. They own them outright. They own uh, uh, Supercell, the creators of Clash of Kings. They own them outright. Which is another hugely popular mobile game that Mm. I've never played. Yeah, they've they've got substantial stakes in Epic Games, in Activision, Blizzard, in like a dozen other things. So... This little company, or this company that like I've really never heard of or had any kind of investment in, they are massive and they're well, kind of controlling just, the game. It's just that landscape. insular nature of China, like how, like the community there is sort of the media and stuff sort of just is built there and just lives there and doesn't sort of spread out. Yeah, know, like what, what, I, what was the name of it? The game that they made, uh, the- Honor of Kings. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah, it's just it's bizarre to think, but it's like if you have the biggest game in China, like you kind of have the biggest game in the world, even yep. if you don't spread out to a more global yeah, just kind of by default. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's uh, from from what I understand, it's just like a League of Legends knockoff, right? Sure, like, but it, like at some point, the thing the thing that I think of is when games become social yeah. and become like competitive, um, 
setups and things like that. It doesn't, the quality of the game doesn't matter so much. It's once you get that totally widespread penetration, it becomes viral. Well, it becomes like, it's much harder for people to stop playing that game because Mm. everyone else they know is playing it. Mm. And it's just like, it's so ingrained that like, you just, it's just part of the culture of playing this game. And yeah. that, that reminds me too, like, there's a weird thing of like Fortnite is just on Android and iPhone, but like, I can't, and I know that m- people like, there must be tons of kids who like only have a phone as their gaming device. Yeah. But like, that's insane or, yeah. to me. Who are these people like only playing Fortnite, but only on their phone? Like, I don't, I, but it also just goes to show the level of power, which like, basically now like it's on even footing of like android games are just like oh yeah we'll also port this playstation 5 game to android yeah yeah well yeah yeah talking about grand theft auto before you can pretty much play all of like san andreas vice city on mobile now yeah yeah well that you blew can my play, mind and that's like it doesn't yeah. really work that it, well. it's been that way for years and i'm like holy shit this game that was like the most incredible console game you ever see, I can now play on my phone. Like, and it's it's yep. really nothing. Yep, that doesn't make sense to uh, me. Where does the disc fit? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Where do you put it? Uh, you have to you have to snap it into a bunch of pieces mm-hmm. and then insert it in the USB C uh, slot on the bottom of it. Of course, yeah. Out of curiosity, uh, what what mobile games do y'all have on your phones? Like, what are you playing? Um, well, you know, uh, mentioning Apple Arcade before, I pretty much keep that around because i feel like there's at least one or two good games per month that come out for that that's uh like pretty much almost worth it mm-hmm. uh yeah. yeah what the golf uh grindstone especially that was on my short list no, of games i love grindstone yeah yeah uh patterned cricket through the ages is another really fun goofy game um how about you bt i mean i'm gonna go th- i'm kind of a bad example because I do the opposite mm-hmm. of what a lot, a lot of people do. My thing is to download a free mobile game and try and beat it without spending any money. <laughs> nice. Um, but nice. Yeah, but outside of that, uh, 2048 was always an easy oh, classic. Yeah. Um, that was a great one. I recently downloaded Minesweeper because I'm that guy. <laughs> um, I want to relive those glory days of that revealing yeah, that yeah. sad face. I mean, oh, yeah. But uh, I also want to yeah. plug um, one called Soul Knight, which is basically a version, like a Enter the Gungeon kind of style game, which, oh, although no. it has microtransactions, does not push them in your face whatsoever. And it's one of those ones that I downloaded for free, but they also have like a donate to the um, developers button, which I actually did because I thought they made a pretty good product and they're not trying to force me to pay anything. So, yeah, yeah have, a, have a dollar. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh, now, sorry, just looking through my apps now, Super Mario Run as well, that was a huge one. Um, oh, but, wow, I forgot about that. Yeah, uh, really disappointed that that didn't do better for Nintendo, because then all their mobile offerings like Dr. Mario and um, the rest were played with microtransactions and mm. weren't yes. nearly as fun. Super Mario Run was a much better deal. But yeah, Monument Valley, Part-Time UFO, um, Snakebird, oh, Snakebird Rules. And, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I don't know Snakebird. Um, another goofy little puzzle game, but like mm-hmm. it's relentlessly difficult. And uh, Donut County as well. I was about well. to say, if you don't mention Donut County, yeah. Oh yeah, Donut County. I love Donut County. Yeah, I mean, there's there's so much good stuff out there. Like at this point, I think for me, I've just got a couple of Apple Arcade games on here. I've got a uh, there's a Rayman mini game on there. There's mm. yeah, Grindstones on here. What the golf? Uh, I've been playing Among Us a little bit. I've been playing some of the Double Fine games. Uh, uh, they're not on mm. Apple Arcade, but I download. I'm a Words with Friends player still. You mm-hmm. know, I'm I'm all yeah. of that. Pokemon Go has never left my phone. <laughs> uh, now, 
I know. Oh. I, I already know what Woody's going to say. I know you. You are you a Hearthstone yeah. on mobile? You are Hearthstone. Yeah, it's just sure. Hearthstone. Mm. Except like maybe like three months ago, it basically every time I play a match in Hearthstone, my phone just freezes. So basically, like I just stopped playing it. Maybe I need to reinstall. But like, mm. um, yeah, I just never quite cracked mobile gaming aside from enjoying Hearthstone. Mostly, I play the browse through facebook game sure Whenever i have a time where i could actually be playing a game that's what i end up doing it's a good so. game that's a good it, game it's really a yeah. terrible game let's be honest yeah, like, yeah, yeah. it's it, it, it's a game that the world would be much better without but we do mm-hmm. we play it anyway it's <laughs> true yet i'm hooked i know but yeah, i mean exactly. we go through fra- uh, phases of that with our friends as well yeah. like there was that one like uh word box game that we got addicted to yeah for ages that's there. right and the craze that was draw something. Remember draw something? I remember something? draw something. Oh, we, uh, yeah. Recently... I, was, I was playing draw something and trivia crack like all the time. Like they were super popular for like a hot minute and then I got over it really quickly. <laughs> yeah. That was a good couple of months for us. And then, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, a friend of ours recently got hooked on uh, Downwell. So we all yeah. had to get in on that. Downwell's great. Yeah. So uh, lots of great options on mobile platforms. Uh, let's let's dig in a little bit to uh, what the golf and the Wait, Apple I, I Arcade. Wait, I want to pause real quick because yeah, yeah. I realize that my only question is, how do you play down well on a phone? Like, the, this how do you is not? What the, the issue? Well, yeah, like, the easiest version to what, make. What's, what's your control? Like, the, how? Yeah, you get you get buttons. Yeah, okay. You get, see, yeah. I've just never had success with the touchscreen buttons on a phone. I, I, I always ag- find that awkward. I agree. Uh, Downwell is the only game I can think of that actually really uses it well. I okay. think it's just because you're not like I think a lot of games do that kind of uh, roving analog stick mm-hmm. thing, which is terrible. Mm-hmm. Which is terrible. I never liked that. But Downwell, since it's kind of on a locked like vertical screen and you can keep your buttons in the same place all the time, okay, it makes it easier to play on that. Okay, but thank yeah. you. That's all. Yeah, yeah. I like Downwell. I just yeah. I just can't imagine playing stuff on phones. Anyway. So, uh, like we said, What the Golf was created by a company called Triband. They are very new on the scene. They're based out of Copenhagen, and they were founded in 2015. <laughs> uh, and until just last year, the entire team consisted of just three or four developers working in their basement. Uh, but the runaway success of this game has allowed them to expand to more than 20 people and in uh, professional offices in downtown Copenhagen. And their whole design philosophy is built around making gentle, universal comedy games. They want to make okay. funny games that anyone can play and enjoy. Yes. Uh, Mission accomplished. Knocked it out of the park. Yeah. Knocked it out of the park. Yeah. I so, it. yeah, we've talked a little bit about the Apple Arcade. This was one of the launch games for that service. It was launched in 2019 as a monthly subscription service. And that's kind of the bane of mobile games for most people is mm-hmm. uh, anytime you're going to download anything, even paid premium games a lot of the time now, they're going to be riddled with ads. They're going to yep. be full of uh, microtransactions in sometimes very predatory ways. And people are generally getting kind of sick of it. And so this was Apple's response to that. You play, you pay one flat fee. There will be no microtransactions in any of these games. You won't get any ads once you've paid for it. You just get and to enjoy the game the games are probably directly. much more vetted than just whatever ends up on the store. Like, I know Apple probably goes through some criteria of for something to end up on the, yes. the app store, but, like, comparatively for something to be an Apple Arcade, they're like, yes, we have played this. We know that it is a game and not a virus. Mm. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Then it actually works well. Oh, the, no, they sprung for it. They spent uh, $500 million kind of setting up this service and bringing in exclusive developers to let, you know, so Annapurna was working on some games for them and uh, Epic has a couple of exclusives. Activision has a couple of exclusives. They're all generally pretty high quality. I've yet to find like a real stinker on the Apple Arcade. I think most game, it feels like most games that like, really have breakout success and people are just generally excited about um, do end up getting ported to other systems later. 
Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. And that's been the case with what the golf too, mm-hmm. because this game did become kind of the system seller to a degree for me. Like this is what convinced me with to try out the Apple Arcade. $1,200 iPhone. Yeah. You, get a, you get a what the golf. <laughs> See? Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I I did see that once. I was driving, uh, driving around, and I went by a used car lot, and up in the corner it said, uh, "Free cup of coffee with every purchase." <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like walking by Jimmy John's and getting the free smells. You yeah. know why not? Why not? Yeah. So this game was funded through Fig, uh, which is a crowdfunding platform that we haven't really talked about on this show. The big difference with Fig is that founded by Paul Newman. Founded <laughs> by Paul Newman. Uh, the big difference there is that, uh, with like Kickstarter, you're just basically paying to get the product with fig. You can, you can pay to get the product or you can get on the ground floor as like an investor and get a piece Mm -hmm. of the percentage of the game as it goes down the line. Uh, so this was one of the early successes from that. Some other successes from fig include the outer wilds, wasteland three and the upcoming psychonauts two. Um, Oh, wow. Yeah, so the developers at Triband, they chose golf for their first game because they felt like it was a hobby that rich people mostly had, and so they wouldn't feel bad making fun of people, yes. uh, <laughs> which is a smart choice, I, I think. I mean, I think the tagline for this game is golf for people who hate golf. Yeah, right. yeah, it, it 100% is. Yeah, I mean, you wouldn't want to pick this up if you're a serious golf player, <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, it's it's and it became kind of the killer app, like I said, for uh, for the Apple Arcade. Like, it earned a lot of accolades when it came out, won a bunch of little awards, and now, as we've seen, it's been ported over to the Switch with a mm-hmm. bunch of new features on there. So they kind of really knocked it out. Uh, yep. Like we said, the, this game kind of has a WarioWare kind of structure to it, where it's lots of... Very, very small, short levels with easy objectives, and you just have to kind of figure it out within a first, within a few seconds. Yeah, they'll give you like one word of yeah <laughs> at the start, and then you you don't. It, it's all. I mean, it all boils down to the exact same gameplay. Whereas much much like WarioWare, most of those only used either the directional pad or one button. Here, mm-hmm. you have a little arrow that you can aim, and um, if you're playing it on mobile, it's like a touchpad. So you yeah. pull you pull back to aim forward. Yeah. Is that is that accurate? Mm-hmm. And then the farther back you pull your finger, the more your power meter goes up, and then you just release. It's not, it, it's not a very technical golf game. Like no, that's much, that that's the control scheme for every game that you're going to play. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. And it's just it's not very precise. Like especially on the switch, it's much harder to get a precise amount of power mm-hmm. than yeah. you would like. Um, yeah, that's what I would say that the mobile version does have over that you can accurately, more accurately power your shots. But like you said, it doesn't really matter because no one's keeping score anyway. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. And the when you do play it on Switch, if you play on handheld, you can actually use a touchscreen on there as well oh. um, for more precision. But um, yeah, so the, as you're going through this game, there's really no... This game has like an interesting differential of like... It's essentially devoid of challenge in some way because it's like you just kind of have to get to the end, but there's no like there's no scorekeeping in the default game. Yeah, yeah no, I, no little pencils keeping score. Mm. <laughs> which I like a lot because mm. it, you you know your first playthrough of this game, you're just going to be like, I want to see what all these weird levels are. Yeah, and let's let's talk about some of the weird levels. I mean, because you start, it's it's just like you're a guy playing golf and you just hit the ball and it goes in the hole. And that's the the sincere joy that I get from this game. Like this, this might be the game that's made me laugh out loud the most yeah. 
just mm. because it surprises me in so many bizarre mm. ways. So like the first time, yeah, you pull back your finger, you you shoot a golf ball into a hole. Pretty simple. I mean, it's a heart of good comedy. If you establish some sort of expectation and then you yeah. break it. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And so the next one, like you pull back on that little arrow, but this time you fling the guy, like the golfer <laughs> goes ragdolling through the air and you have to knock him into the hole. And then for another one, you have to get a hole in one by literally knocking a hole into a giant one. Like, or or maybe like the arrow, like your little power gauge will fly off and hit something. Maybe you'll mm -hmm. throw like 10 golf balls. Maybe you'll throw the tree. Like you never really know what you're getting into. When you it's about that time you can imagine the level. serious golfer just loses their monocle and says, what? <laughs> Where's my caddy? There's too many puns in this game. <laughs> this is not what I paid my grounds fees How for. do I change <laughs> to a three wood and why am I a toaster? <laughs> <laughs> Who let all these cats onto the green? <laughs> I, do, I do love the idea that somebody's like buying this oh yes a golf game for me indeed <laughs> what the golf quiet quiet what what um, <laughs> yeah, but, <laughs> but yeah so there, there's kind of like an overworld that you're exploring weirdly like i think your character is the ball yeah you're like uh, in this weird lab you're, you're in this lab it's kind of like portal of like there's some sort of bizarre experiment has gone wrong <laughs> people doing mad golf themed experiments of injecting <laughs> they're like hybrids they've like injected golf into other facets of life yeah they've mm. like <laughs> taken archery and then like what if we applied golf physics to archery yeah. or like to throwing houses around and it's just amazing like the level of creativity that um you have and a lot of these um, levels become sort of parodies of other games. Yeah, mm -hmm. there's a section where it becomes basically a portal parody where you'll knock your ball through one one hole and it'll come out the other, which I guess is kind of the fundamentals of mini golf too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, um, the phrase like "this game is a loving tribute to video games" gets thrown yeah. around a lot lately, but this one literally is. Like oh, yeah. the oh, amount yeah. of video games that they reference is ridiculous and. Like, I was just, uh, last night, I got up to this. There's a bunch of super hot levels. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, you and I are in the same spot. Super golf? Well, they say super putt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they, uh, that made me so... And weirdly, that was my first exposure to super hot. I hadn't played the regular game before I'd played the golf game. <laughs> and so now it makes so much more sense to me. Uh, this is this is a trend that I just really enjoy in indie games, is their willingness to just reference other games. Um, it seems to come like from a place of like joy and affection of like, hey, here's this other cool game you should also check out. Then they just kind of assume that everyone will know it or if not, like, it, I don't know. I just I just think that's a fun thing. There's not a fear of like, oh, someone's going to sue us if we reference this. Yeah. yeah. We, can't, mm. we can't promote someone else's competing property. Yeah. Yeah. I, I appreciate that. Yeah. I mean, and you get a little bit of everything. Like I said, so we said super hot. There's portal. There's a. Uh, there was a co-op level, like with the you know the little guy, the the oh, yeah. the running one, getting over uh, it with Bennett Foddy. Yeah, but. there's some mm -hmm. uh, Mario stuff in here, like, and sometimes it's just the entire levels or entire worlds built around this one game, and sometimes it'll just be a one-off gag. Right. Lots of Angry Birds stuff in here. Yep. Uh, Metal Gear Solid, Guitar Hero. <laughs> yes, um, I mean, oh, I, I swear one, one level in particular was referencing The Witness. I can't be sure, but also oh, sure yeah, there's a few like. Trials BMX style levels mm -hmm. as well. Yep. 
I mean, it, it's just so endlessly inventive. And to be clear, you're not being stuck just to a putting green. Like after those first couple of levels, you leave the putting green aesthetic behind. And now you're like you're in space or you're on a, <laughs> a sports track or you're you're fighting. I don't know. You're, you're fighting people or I don't know. It It's all really crazy and endearing and fun. Uh, so as you advance through this hub world, you need to fight a series of supercomputers to kind of unlock the next section. Mm-hmm. Uh, which you do by kind of like 2D little, um, I don't know, how do you describe these? Like these little sections? Arkanoid. Arkanoid types, yeah, yeah. yeah. Frogger, some of them reference Frogger. Yeah, yeah. And so each level has uh, kind of a three-act structure to it. You can either play the first round, which just lets you advance through the game, you can play uh, the par, which is a little bit more challenging, or you can get which a is crown. A, a lot, the par is a lot more challenging. And that, that's what I thought was interesting about this game is that difference of going from that first level of just just make it to the end, just complete the goal, and if you lose, it just restarts, versus the par level where you really are sort of thinking about what you need to do. And that is actually, I mean, that's pretty true of an actual golf game like it it is striking that same itch as a real golf game would of like precision and like Mm. i guess and timing um but i guess it's also kind of just like a physics based thing of like because it does get to the point of some of the par levels like there's just no way to get your character across the level fast enough regularly yeah so you have to like smash your ragdoll guy into exploding barrels to try and knock him farther so you get yes. more get more coverage and it, it was just a, it, it was a cool transition to see like oh you can play this game very easily as just like go through it and see the sights or it transitions so naturally into like i am actually gonna have to master and practice this level yeah um and then the yeah the third mode you play to get a crown yeah, you get crowns, and uh, you get to unlock special secret areas if you have all the crowns okay. in a certain level. But the they're crown, not necessary to but beat the But the crown game. levels are a lot of fun. Like, So, like, your first one, it might be, like, where you're just regularly getting to the hole, you have to dodge all the explosive barrels. But then in the crown level, you have to destroy all the barrels. Yeah. Or there's one that's just a Katamari knockoff where you play as the hole and have to go around and absorb all the trees and barrels from the level. Yeah. Mm. Um, so I I really like the way those, those mix it up. And... You, I was a little salty. Like, I bought this game on Switch because I, it's not on Android mobile. Um, and it was 20 bucks on Switch, which seems Oof. steep. But mm. I will say, like, I was pretty excited about, um, A, being, being able to actually go back and play these levels more in depth with the crowns and things like that. Absolutely. So. Yeah, there's, there's a lot to dig into. This game has kind of this anarchic spirit of, like, uh, if you like, it doesn't feel like there was a lot of no being tossed around in the offices of Triband. It's like, yeah, do you, do you want to do this? Sure, yeah, make a level based around this, well, like, which is great. Yeah, it was improvisation. Like, it was yes and mm. yeah. yeah. And it's like if an idea isn't great, like most of the levels are pretty fun. Like occasionally you hit a couple that are not that interesting or frustrating, but like they're super duper short. And yeah, you're just mm. like I appreciate this, and that's my favorite kind of design philosophy is like. Try out whatever weird idea you want. Just make it short because we can always mm. revisit it. Yeah. And if, if if it's bad, we'll just forget about it very soon after. But with each like, with each little mini game having this kind of three act structure thing, it really tests the limits of these little ideas, you know, and shows that they they are a little they are a little more substantial than just like a two or three second like playthrough. Like you have different there's there's a uh, variability with the way that you can approach each one of these. And I think that's, it's just really smart design. Uh, 
does anyone have a favorite section or a favorite mode? I feel like I'm still I'm stumping hard for the super hot one. I think that was kind of my favorite. <laughs> <thing>. <laughs> um, I actually like a lot of the 2D ones, to be honest. Um, the ones that yeah, either reference Super Mario mm-hmm. or Meat Boy or the like, or the ones where you, all of a sudden you got a spider web shooting thing yeah. and you stick yeah. into the walls and stuff like. Um, all the uh, mentioned Flappy Bird before, yeah. The the levels that do that and. Oh, the advanced challenge where you have to do that in a certain amount of moves. Oh, so good. <laughs> How about you, Beach? And I'm trying to remember specifics right now, but I think it's just the the general vibe, especially in the multiplayer, which is probably where I've spent my, my, most of my time. Mm. And that sense of you have the competition of figuring out what the hell you're supposed to do first rather than actually any kind of real what challenge yeah. against each other. Yeah. Most and, definitely. Yeah, that mode um becomes one of my absolute favorites as a host you know when mm-hmm. got some people around like just put the controllers in the hand and see um you know how they compete and everything like yeah it's so good mm. well let's talk about that mode yeah uh, because like i just said like I, I got it on switch and i was whining about the 20 dollars, but the switch really does have a special feature that is different than android you know android not a renowned uh multiplayer platform but um, the one on Switch comes with a one- or two-player party mode, which is basically... First off, if you're going to call your mode party mode, you got to make it more than two-player. Yes. Like, there, there's yes. an intricate sadness and be like, hey, we're having a party. Um, yeah, so, yeah, party mode, it, it really should have more than two players if it's going to be a party mode. I yeah. agree, yeah. Um, and it's really, it's really kind of tragic that it is only have two players because... Party mode is awesome. It's like, so good. We, we played it before um, before recording here, and we played three runs. Basically, the structure of it is really clever. There's um, You play 10 mini games in a row, but they're just kind of randomly selected from the pool of games. Mm-hmm. Um, and as you would expect, some are better than others. We played a tetherball one that was kind of terrible. Yeah, that yeah. one was confusing. Um, is that the one but where you're mode? on the bike as well? Yes. Yeah. 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 It's just not 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 satisfying. We basically had to team up to get that one to end. Um, <laughs> but it was most of the other ones are a lot of fun. And the thing that is so clever about this is, I mean, I was kicking Steve's ass here. Yeah. Like I, I think I won nine of them, and he won one, which was the one we both worked on for the tetherball. <laughs> yep. Um, mm-hmm. Yep. And yep. then we got to the final Coliseum where we're like, okay, well, what's going to happen here? And basically, what it does is you play a final mini game. But your wins in the previous games define how much many lives you had. So I had nine lives. Steve had two. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and then he proceeded to win. Yes, I did. <laughs> oh, wow. Was, yeah, it was a, a falling rock challenge where you had to get mm-hmm. out of the way of the falling rocks and knock the other person into them. And I just could them. not control my crab. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I just, get... I have excellent crab control. People say that about me. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and, but, so we're like, okay, let's play it again. So the, the whole thing takes about 10 minutes. It, it Breezy, very satisfying. And the second time, basically a whole different slate of mini games and a whole different final game. Yeah. Of mm. uh, Office chairs, uh, dodgeball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look like a lot of fun. I compared it a little bit to uh, Fall Guys. If you've played that, it's kind of you know where where you don't really get control over what events that you're given. You know, and but you like just kind fall, of cycle through it. Yeah, but, but yeah. with Fall Guys, like a certain percentage of the events are like, ugh, I don't want to play this one, and then mm. it's you know five minutes long. Yeah. Whereas here, the worst that happens is, ugh, I don't want to play this one, and it's like a minute. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, just the brevity of the design. Yeah. And yeah, it's really great because it's super. It's super intuitive and colorful and just appealing to everyone. I do think 
I do think the joy is probably going to be the most if two people haven't played it before. Like mm-hmm. you and I both mm-hmm. hadn't played it, so the games were a total surprise. Or like Elliot was saying, you get two new people and put the controllers in their hand. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I do think once someone sort of figures out, oh, this is how this is going to work, they're going to have an advantage over the next person of figuring that out. Right. Mm-hmm. right. Um, but it, it is a really fun addition to the game. Um, I think... I still think $20 is pretty steep, but it really feels like something that this game should include and is, is very cool and makes, you know, makes the Switch version um, appealing yeah. in a way mm. that, you know, if you just get it for the mobile, it's not necessarily true. Like, I, I would actually buy the Switch version for this party mode. Like, mm-hmm. if I were, you know, especially if they do a patch where they add more uh, players at a time. That would be very neat. If they I think that would be... Mode ideal but i mean i feel like people would have a lot of fun with this like we were having a lot of fun yeah. with just just like dicking around and you with and it i and hate fun. Out of work. we hate fun <laughs> yeah we're like the opposite of elliot notorious oh, i mean you and i we both grew up in the small town from footloose you know <laughs> exactly. and uh, uh which which ironically yeah. the small town from footloose about 20 miles north it's of our, here it's yeah. technically here yeah yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah yeah so i mean what did you guys think of the party mode oh i absolutely love it mm-hmm. um and you know you mentioned WarioWare before. That's sort of another game that I'd love to bring out in parties and stuff. Uh, WarioWare mm. Smooth Moves to the Wii because, yeah, you get minimal instruction. Here's how you hold the controller and then do the thing. Mm. And this yeah. game recreates a lot of that um, that gaming style that I love and I absolutely delight in and torturing my friends with <laughs> these weird games that I download. But, yeah, I think everyone <laughs> has a lot of fun with this one. And, you know, on the quickness as well, the... Mm. Even though, yeah, you are restricted to just two pe- people at a time, it's over with quick enough that, yeah, passing the controller isn't a big That's deal. True. Yeah, it would be That's nice if there point. was like a more more players and just a pass controller mode. But yeah, to its addiction, I think we we've said, oh, we'll play a couple of rounds just to refresh. We ended up playing six. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love the way they just give you a random character like at the yeah. start, you yes. know, bogged down choosing your character. And then the joy is we have no idea how many characters there are because mm. like Steve was a toaster twice. Mm. I was a hot, uh, a hockey dog, yeah. a dog <laughs> with a hockey mask. And um, and then I was a chicken sandwich. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> it yeah. Was like, Technically, you were a burger bird. Bur- yeah. Burger, burger bird. bird. Yeah. I, I still the think murdering I burger bird. Should be a chicken, chicken sandwich. sandwich. Yeah. Chicken sandwich. Uh, yeah, we counted I, four characters total because yeah, there was those three you mentioned, and also the Viking to- to- turtle. Mm-hmm. I do oh, wish. Yeah. I was. Yeah, I do wish there were a few more, but yeah. you know, four and randomly selected. Yeah, that's fun. And those, let's be honest, those characters all slam dunks. Oh yeah, like, no, yeah. Those, those are like hundred percent. Like, uh, where, where's our comic books about those characters? It's like, I got two yeah. words for you: hockey dog. Hockey dog. And then yeah. Apple just writes a big I think fat check. It, what about you know, ghost it does a great job of setting the tone as well by being like, "Okay, you're a hockey dog and you're a burger bird." Like, mm. okay, it's like, all right, got it. We, we know. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm, 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 I suppose I'm, I'm on team in burger what bird. This game is about. Yeah. Yeah. You're a little happy toaster. <laughs> yeah, toaster's really the odd one out, though, isn't it? The other ones are all like yeah, personality animal. Yeah, <laughs> or like organic beings in some of some kind, but. But also the toaster is like, uh, for whatever reason, there is like a hidden toaster and a hidden cat, like on every stage in this game. So mm-hmm. for whatever reason, the toaster is very important to what the god. <laughs> so go ahead. Maybe, maybe. Toaster is the god figure that created this world of what the god. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I can I see that. I can see it. It's, it's Uatu and, and, the Watcher. Yeah. yeah. Toaster and the cat is the devil. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sure. And they're, they're just having their little game. It's like a Birdman yeah. movie. 
<laughs> just kind of deciding who's going to live and who's going to die. Uh, which, yeah, I think I think we nailed the tone of this game. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, yeah. The point is, you should you should play what the golf. I agree. It, it, it will it will cheer you up in in sad times. Mm-hmm. It definitely will. It's it's a nice little blast of uh, goofy happiness that I I just really uh, I really cherish it. I'm really glad that it exists. Um, do you guys have anything else to say about what the golf? Oh, it's just been an absolute delight to um, revisit this game. And, mm. you know, um, I was around uh, uh, my parents' place the other day and playing this with my nephew and just sort of trying to, pro- uh, like, uh, get his opinion on the game as well. And he just loves it. He de- he delights in it. And, mm. you know, it's something that I can play with him where I don't know if you like you play video games with young kids, their eyes sort of gloss over and they sort of go sure. into the mode. Mm-hmm. Um, you got to play he- Roblox. Kids love Roblox. <laughs> Still Roblox. don't know what it is. Yeah, sure. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. Um, but yeah, this one like it feels like he's active and he's engaged and he's laughing and um, gets me to read the puns to him and <laughs> he loves those as well. Like, oh, the pun work in this game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Top tier. Fantastic. Ho- and ho- Yeah, go. Sorry. Oh, and just just how like all ages this game truly is. Like, I think you can play it as a very young mm. child or a very old child. You know, whatever whatever level of child you are. <laughs> well, I'm it a lets very you go at child. your own pace, which is nice. So. Mm. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, and especially like because I've sort of been playing it pretty well every night the last week. Just sort of you know last hour before I'm going to sleep, um, and it really services well for that where. It's enough of sort of switch your brain off, but offering a challenge and a sense of progression. And mm-hmm. also, yeah, just being a wholesome, uplifting, fun time. And yeah. And also just a yeah reminder of video games as well. It's like, yeah. oh, yeah, I should go around and finish Super Hot. That was fun. <laughs> Definitely. Um, I also, I, we, we just skipped over, we didn't talk about, but the music in this game is a lot of fun. It's like, oh, uh, yes. Vo- oh vo- vocal sort of ska, which again is part of the reason that reminded me very much of Katamari Damacy. Yeah. <laughs> it's just kind of people sort of gently singing the theme song. And I I was definitely glad to play the Switch version just now because I play mobile games with the sound off. I just Mm, kind of do. It's By default, I'm I'm usually playing in a public place. I don't want to be bugging people with it. Uh, But yeah, it's kind of Carmen Sandiego level like acapella songs, but every word is just what, the, or golf. (laughs) Yeah. And and they they adapt to that in so many different tones. Like when you go into the Coliseum in party mode, it goes, what, the, golf. Like, it's it's a delight. But yeah, it becomes like a really fun Easter egg hunt as well to like listen out for that. Like in the mm-hmm. Super Mario levels where it's what the golf, what, what the golf, what, what the golf, what, what the golf. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's amazing. Oh my God. Well, thank you guys so much for being here and for being top tier patrons and for selecting this game for us to talk what about. The what, mm-hmm. the, what the golf? I mean, seriously, what the golf? Uh, where, where can people find you guys uh, and what are you working on right now? Oh, well, um, yeah, we've released the first season of Pulp Fury Radio, mm-hmm. and Steve Guntley actually made a cameo appearance on our mm-hmm. final I episode, did. Jazz Noir, The Music of Murder, where he played the Memphis Blue MC. Yay! One of the first yes. voice- voices you'll hear on that episode. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> awesome, uh, yay. But yeah, um, we've been on the show a few <laughs> times now. People uh, know, yeah, we're doing The Simpsons Index, reviewing three episodes of the simpsons at a time each mm-hmm. one coming from a different decade and also we also do thrones of game a game of thrones podcast where we watch the series backwards because i've already seen the entire show but elliot had never seen a single episode and st- until we started watching in reverse order so yeah we're <laughs> uh we're about 15 episodes left of I that know, we're half, wild. yeah um 
so yeah, wrapping that up and figuring out what happens next. And mm. but yeah, <laughs> I mean, what happens first? The show is yeah, like getting true. really good right now for you. Like, <laughs> oh, I don't oh know. yeah. Like That's this is you're getting into the really good season out of that difficult first period of the last season. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's been wonderful um, to watch a show improve for once. Yeah. <laughs> Usually, it's on the decline, like The Simpsons, who just got renewed for seasons 33 and 34. Yeah, maybe you should do it <laughs> again and watch The Simpsons backwards. They'll never Yay. kill The Simpsons. <laughs> um, but oh, yeah, man. also wanted to mention that uh, while it uh, sort of peel back behind the curtain, took me a little mm-hmm. while to figure out what game we we're going to do this time round. Yeah. I know very well in advance what we're doing uh, the next time when we come on for the Patreon exclusive oh, show. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, really? I'm excited. So I'm throwing down the challenge. You can play it as much or as little as you want because this is an RPG and, you know, you want to okay. give a little bit more time to mm-hmm. RPGs than you would a What sure. the Golf. So I'm challenging you all, Ring Fit Adventure. <laughs> ring Fit Adventure. Amazing. Okay. That I'm will down. be the next game that we're fit. doing on the Patreon. You're going to make me Ex- work yes. out, you son of a. <laughs> I'm into it. I'm into it. I love that game. Yes. <laughs> let's do it. Well, thank you guys so, so much for being here. Uh, you can find us at Ultra64Podcast at Twitter, on Instagram. That's our Gmail address. Uh, our new season on the Wii U, Wii Universe, that is starting this Saturday. When you're hearing this, uh, we are getting ready to launch. That season, our first episode mm. will be uh, a deep dive into the actual Wii U hardware itself, as well as talking about the game Nintendo Land, uh, which is uh, we're, we're very excited to be back digging into a whole new console. It's going to be so very much fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you can that check sounds us out great. also. You can check us out also at patreon.com slash ultra64pod. You can become a top-tier patron like Elliot and BT here, and you can sign up and come on and talk to about any other games that you want to make us talk about. Mm-hmm. We've had some people be very mean about this. That's mm-hmm. why there's an episode on Dwarf Fortress a little while ago. <laughs> I don't know if that was the intent. But you, but... you guys are so much nicer to us than, uh, <laughs> than, than Scott was with Dwarf Fortress. And if, uh, yeah, if you want to just hear us talk about video game series, you can listen to those episodes at a five or ten dollar tier ten dollar lets you vote on the next video game series we play we we've just made it all the way through all the contra games we sure have yeah wow and we're getting ready to start another series uh of games shortly after so it's with or without Konami Con. what's that uh with <laughs> on a lot of them. <laughs> I, I assume <laughs> yeah. we agreed that contra was hard that yeah. was our yeah. hot take it's hard it's hard it's difficult <laughs> an infamously difficult game being hard what <laughs> <laughs> Go figure, right? Yeah. All right, everyone. Well, I will uh, let you all go. Thank you so much for being here. And uh, as always, golf. What the What